Hello everyone, welcome to the Memorial Heights Baptist Church podcast. Here you'll find archived all of our previous messages dating back to late 2020. Our hope is that today's message would be encouraging to your walk with Christ. We also want to thank you for spending time listening today and encourage you to share these messages with a friend so they too might hear the Word of God. But for now, grab your Bible, open your ears, and let's get to it. Good morning. Good morning. God bless you all for being here. Wonderful thing to know that we have people who love the Lord enough to come out on New Year's Eve. Right? Of all the times we should be here on New Year's Eve, looking forward to the new year that is about to spring upon us. And so I just thank the Lord for the privilege of you allowing me to come speak to you. I've already been told by Bill Wendell to keep it short. I said, I, I am short. <laughs> so, uh, we always put our watches on. I showed you that before, and that doesn't mean nothing, Dave, we'll tell you that. It doesn't mean nothing. One time I was preaching at a graveyard, doing a funeral service, and my cell phone went off. I shouldn't have had it on me, but it went off. And it kept ringing, it kept ringing. Finally, I took it, and I said, okay, Lord, I'll close. I'll keep it short. I hung it back up and went on. God is so good and so wonderful, and I just thank the good Lord that we have the privilege and opportunity to serve a living God, don't you? 2024, it will be upon us tomorrow, and I'm going to be speaking to you about a new year without fear. You know, fear for a person who knows Jesus Christ as their Savior, and the caustic for that is just false evidence appearing real. And you and I need to know and understand that we have such a privilege of knowing Christ as our Savior and going into this new year, I want you to know we have a new year without fear. If you have your Bible, turn to Hebrews chapter 13, verses 5 and 6 is going to be where I'm taking my text from today. And most of us are afraid of the unknown. We don't know what this year is going to bring, and we really don't. And we're so divided anymore when I think about America, and when I was a little boy, we was a, law, a nation of laws, and we obeyed the laws, and, and uh, it's, things have changed. The Word of God said things will wax worse and worse, and I believe they have. And uh, I'm not uh, being down in the dumps about this new year, but I want to tell you something. You and I, who know Christ as our Savior, have nothing to fear. We have nothing to fear. And so... I heard about some men years ago who were on a leaky old ship in the middle of a rough and stormy sea, and they were actually fearful for their lives. They didn't know whether they were going to sink or not. So one of them went to the captain, and he said, Captain, are we safe? He said, well, I'll put it to you like this. He said, the boilers on the ship are very weak and are about ready to blow up. Also, the ship is very old, and she is taking on water. So he said, to be very honest with you, we may have an explosion and we may sink. He said, we may go up and we may go down, but at any rate, we're going on. And now I'm telling you, that's a good thing. Isn't that true? We're going on in this coming year. And I don't know about you, but I'm excited about the fact that I know Christ is my Savior, and I'm excited about the fact that no matter what the devil throws at me this year, 
I have someone on my side, and his name is Jesus. And I hope you do too. And so, uh, Hebrews 13, 5 and 6 says this, verse 5. Let your conversation be without covetousness, and be content with such things as ye have. For he has said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. So that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper, I shall not fear what 2004 may do to me. What man shall do unto me. But isn't that true? You know, I feel sorry for people that uh, are really down in the dumps about everything and everything is negative, you know, and most of them don't know Christ as their Savior, to be honest with you. And a lot of times I'll go to the hospital and someone may be on their deathbed. I was almost mentioning the name of a lady that I went to see when I was here as pastor. And she had three days to live, they told her. And when I was in there to see her, you know, she was telling me how great it was going to be that she got to see Jesus in three days. And I was going to cheer her up, and guess what? She cheered me up. And so that's just the way we need to look at this new year. And I hope and pray you do. The Lord is my helper. I shall not fear what men will do to me. A new year without fear. Two verses here with incredibly wonderful things, wonderful thoughts. And I want to apply them to my heart as I have. And I hope you apply them to your heart. The very first thing is, we have the contentment of his provision. <laughs> God has a sense of humor. He created me. And saying, the Lord is my helper, I will not fear. We have the contentment of his provision. Behavior means provision. Verse 5 says, let your conversation or your behavior be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. Contentment, discontentment is a disease, and it'll take away your joy and your peace. What is contentment? Contentment is not getting what you want. It's being satisfied with what you already have. Are you that way? You know, you can, we always want to do better. I'm not, I'm not a person, I'm, you know, I, I look forward to doing new things and excitement and so forth. But the bottom line is, I am so content that I have Jesus that no matter what happens in this world, I know that I'm on the winning side. And if you've got heaven to look for, and you really believe you have heaven to look for, what can really bother you or take away your joy? Nothing. Nothing. And so the contentment will make a poor man rich, and discontentment will make a rich man poor. That's the reason the poor man said to the rich man, I am richer than you. He said, why is that? Because I have everything I want, and you don't. I heard about two tears who met along a river of life. One tear said to the other, tear, where did you come from? Oh, this tear said, I am the tear of a girl who loved a man and lost him. And he said to the other tear, where did you come from? And that tear said, I am the girl who found him and married him. Isn't that true? <laughs> and so many times we think we want something and we think we need something we really don't. We get our luxuries and our necessities confused. And so uh, we're actually talking about contentment. Our verse says, be content with such things as you have. Verse Timothy 6.6 6 says, but godliness with contentment is great gain. And friend, you're rich today if you know the Lord and you're content. You know that? Are you content? You need to ask yourself going into 2000. 24, am I content? 
And I have found this to be true. The only people that I know that really are content when they say it, they mean it, are people who know Jesus Christ as their Savior. Lost people are not content. They'll tell you they don't make enough money, don't have enough things given to them, this and that, and they go on. And sometimes we do as Christians. But the bottom line is, if you have Jesus Christ, you need to know that you need to be content would be great gain. Verse 7, for we brought nothing into this world, and certainly we can carry nothing out. Verse 8 says, and having food and raiment, let us therewith to be content. You have something in your back, something to eat in your heart. I think we're all eating pretty good. I don't see anybody here really starving. You know, I, I maybe you are. You don't look like it. You know, so if you've got food, clothes on your back and something to eat, you have a reason to be totally content. Ecclesiastes 5.10, He that loveth silver shall never be satisfied with silver, because material things can never satisfy the deepest needs of your heart. And that is so true. A little boy loved pancakes. And he said, Mom, you never ever give me enough pancakes. Well, I'm going to give you enough pancakes. She started fixing him pancakes. She kept feeding him pancakes, pancakes. Finally, she said to him, do you want any more? He says, no, I don't even want the ones I already have. Sometimes we want things, and when we get them, we say, well, I don't know why I wanted that so much. He said, this round world will never fit in your three-cornered heart. It cannot satisfy the deepest longings of your soul. Luke 12, 15, take heed and beware of covetousness, for a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of things he possesses. How true that is. The deepest need be is not material things. The deepest need you have is Christ in your heart. Psalm 37, 4, I love this verse. Delight thyself in the Lord, and he will give the secret desires of your heart. Well, you lost people don't even know what the secret desires of their heart are. So they don't long for it. They're not going to delight themselves in the Lord. But once you get saved, you ought to know that you, the deepest uh, desires of your heart, the one who's in your heart, is the one who saved your soul, is the one who's going to take you to heaven, the one who died for your sins and paid the terrible price that you could go to heaven. You know why we have fear? <clears throat> we have fear sometimes because we think our needs are not going to be met, right? And because one thing that our meetings, our needs are going to be taken away. Well, Hebrews 13, 5 said, God will never leave you or forsake you, and godliness with contentment is great gain. During the Great Depression, people were jumping out of windows because their dependence was upon their material things. And they lost their material things, so they didn't have any reason to live. I don't know about you, I, I, don't, I don't know how anybody could jump out of a window to death because you lost some material things. But I guess it's, they did. And did they not? Have you ever felt like that? I hope you didn't. I hope you don't. And so we have your security is sufficient and satisfying is somewhat we can't be tampered with. Hebrews 10, 33, 4, Ye had compassion on me in my bond and took joy for the spoiling of your goods, knowing yourselves that ye have a greater and a better enduring substance. And that substance is knowing Christ as your Savior. The word content literally means self-containment Philippians 4 11 not that I speak in respect of one for I have learned in whatever state I am therewith to be content Paul was in prison when he wrote have you learned that you have to learn that it didn't come natural you have to learn that whatever state you're in to be content right Amen. verse 12 says I know how to be abased I know how to abound everywhere 
And in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and suffer need. Then he goes on to say, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. That literally means I can do all things through Christ who's pouring his life into me. Do you believe that? You know, we say that. We quote that verse probably more than anything else, don't we? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The problem with a lot of people is they don't have Christ. So how can they do all things through Christ if they don't have him as their Savior? Lost people don't have that. They can't do all things through Christ. They do all things in the power of what they have at their fingertips, their money, their fame, their fortune. I'm contending the Lord Jesus Christ. And the preacher said, that's all preacher talk you're doing, Denny. Well, I can tell you right now that does not mean I, I am satisfied with Jesus Christ and him alone. And I would not take any amount of money that you could offer me or I could get to not have Christ in my heart. I hope you feel the same way. So, number one, if you would face this new year, fear, know the contentment of his provision. Know it. Understand it if you have it. I don't know about you, but I see all these people, illegal immigrants, whatever you want to call them, coming over. Why would you drag your family through all that, come into America, and put your family through it? It must be a terrible reason. They don't have whatever they need. You know, it doesn't amaze you. When I look at them people coming up, they look healthier than me. <laughs> but I just wonder, where, why in the world would you drag your family through all that? And I have an idea. If they knew Christ, they wouldn't be. And I do pray for them. And I do believe that they would try to bring Christ to the front forefront where they came from. And I often say, we need to do something for these people, but what we need to do for them is... And introduce them to Christ. I never hear any of them talk about Jesus. Do you? You ever heard any of them talk about Jesus? I never. So, if you would face any you without fear, knowing the contentment of his provision. Second thing, not only the contentment of his provision, but the companionship of his presence. I don't know about you, but he says in verse 13, 5, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. You know, who said that? Jesus said, said, I'll never leave you. Do you believe that? Well, you better believe it come this year because you don't know what this year is going to bring. And if you don't believe that you can do all things through Christ with strength with you, and you don't have that contentment that you have by knowing him as your Savior, you're in for trouble. If you're here today and you think this is all preacher talk, it's probably because you're not saved. And I hope today, if nothing else, before this new year starts, you will ask Jesus Christ to come into your heart. And that's the greatest and most thing you can do. People make New Year's resolutions. I never made them because I never keep them. But I tell you what, if I was to make one, I would say, I hope this year I share the gospel of Jesus Christ with more people than I ever have before. That's what my prayer is this year. Is that your prayer? You know, you were going to be with family this New Year's Eve. Some of you will be here tonight, tomorrow, whatever. I'm sure you'll be around some of your relatives, friends, neighbors, whatever, that don't know Jesus, right? So why not take the opportunity to introduce them? You say, well, if I do that, they'll get mad and upset. Well, you know what? If you please the Lord, it doesn't matter whom you displease. And if you don't please the Lord, it doesn't matter whom you do please. And besides that, put your arm around them and say, I can't imagine being in heaven without you. Walk away. You eat their lunch. They'll come here and say, what do you mean? 
you can't, you can't believe that you're going to be in heaven without me. Well, are you going to heaven? See, then you can ask him. You say, do you know Jesus Christ as your Savior? Well, I know there's a God. I didn't ask you that. Everybody believes in some kind of a God. There's atheists believe in a God of unbelief. So we need to be that encouraging example for our family this year. And the best thing you can do on New Year's Eve is tell someone about Jesus. Tell someone about Jesus. And so the fear we're going to have to face this year, we don't know. I am surprised, to be honest with you, that we have done the things we've done in our government. I don't talk about politics. I don't get involved with that, you know. You get in trouble because someone's going to hate you for no matter which way you believe. But when you talk about Jesus, you don't get that. You know, you're getting in a conversation about Democrats, Republicans, Independents. You're going to get in trouble around your family. But you talk about Jesus, they may not like it, but you ought to wear it as a badge of honor if they don't like it. Amen? You've actually taken a little bit of criticism for the cause of Christ. So people need someone to love. Abraham and Najahov's research has said, the truth is that the average American does not have a real friend in the world. I've talked to people who tell them they don't have a real friend in the world. I said, oh, yes, you do. You just have to make him your friend by accepting him as your Savior. Amen. And then you have a friend that is better than any other friend you ever have. Alfred Adler said, a psychologist, all human failures spring from the lack of love. Alcoholism, work, uh, alcoholics, depression, suicide, all these things come from the lack of love. Isn't that true? Don't you like people to love you? I didn't hear no amens there. <laughs> Don't you like to love people? Uh, well, that's a good one you can say amen to. We need to be loved, and we need someone to love us. And the best thing you can do to have people love you is, and I said this often, I probably said it before when I was here, when I get to heaven, I'm gonna, I want to see Jesus, absolutely, first of all. I want to see my family, I want to see my son, my, my, my relatives, and so forth. But wouldn't it be nice to go to heaven and have someone come up to you and say, because you share the gospel of Jesus Christ is the reason I'm here. Can you imagine anything being better than that when you get to heaven? Having someone going to heaven because you cared enough to share the very best with Jesus Christ. He paid it all, all to him we owe. Sinner left the crimson say he washed it white as snow. And so you need someone to love and they need to be loved. And without it, lives are filled with fear and frustration. Uh, we have the certainty of his provision. And then we have the companionship in our hearts and lives. Hebrews 3 says, He has said, I will never leave thee. Do you see that? Who said that? The omniscient, the omnipresent, and the omniscient, omnipresent, and on, what's the other one? Yeah, omnipotent, omnipresent, and omniscient. That's a God that you know if you know Jesus Christ. And he has said, if he said that and he knows all that, then why can't you accept it? He has said so that you can what? Boldly say. God has said so you can boldly say, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Do you believe that? Yeah. This coming year, if you do, you're going to live a lot better life than you had last year. I will never, never leave you. The Greek scholars tells us that verse has five 
negatives in this. And this preacher was talking to a grandmother lady, and she, he said, let me read to you from the New Greek Testament these five negatives. And he read his five negatives. She said, well, it might take five for you, but it only took one for me, she said. I will never leave you. Now, next time you get in trouble or have something going wrong, understand Christ is there with you. If you know him as your Savior, you say he never leave you. Two things God can't do. What's that? He can't lie and he can't break a promise. Aren't you glad? <laughs> you know? Most rulers and stuff would change their mind just because they don't like the food we make or whatever. So, when I'm discouraged, his presence sees me through. When I'm lonely, his presence cheers me up. When I'm worried, his presence calms me down. Worry is a mild form of atheism. You know that? If you're a warrior, you're not putting your faith and trust in Jesus. If you never had problems, you wouldn't look forward to heaven. God constantly knows how to remind us, this is not our world, we're just a passing through. And if you didn't have problems, you would never even want to go to heaven probably. This would be heaven, right? God wants you to know that he wants you to be with him someday. And I can't wait to be. It could be today. We could go, go to heaven if he comes back today. We can go up, we can go down, we die and go up. But nevertheless, we're going to be saved. We have every hope. We have the contentment of his provision. We have the companionship of his presence. I have the confidence of his promise. 13.5. For we, he has said, and going to sink in that little phrase, who underscore it. He has said, again, that we may say, boldly say, he is my helper. I will not fear what 2024 will do to me. I want you to, to quote that to your prayer tonight when you pray. Lord, I will not fear about 2024 because you said you never leave me nor forsake me. And because you said it, I can boldly say you are my helper. And if he's your helper, who else would you want? So the omnipotent answers to me when I say, Lord, I just don't have the strength for next year. The omnipotent God answers and says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Hello? And when I say, Lord, I'm afraid to go through next year, he says, the omnipresent God says, I will never leave thee. But then I say, God, I won't know what to do. The omniscient God says, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. I'm with you. You know, we've all had rough times in our life. and Every holiday I'm remembered of the fact that I lost my precious son. And 18 years ago, 18 years ago, my son was murdered. And I didn't know how I was going to exist or go forward from that point. But you know what? God got me through it. And the devil threw the best at me he could, and he lost. Because God said, I'll never leave you nor forsake. I went to church, I remember going to church, and I remember that song says, I have seen the lightning flashing, I have heard the thunder roll. I felt sins breakers dashing, trying to conquer my soul. I heard the voice of Jesus telling me still to fight on. He promised never to leave me, never to leave me alone. No, never alone. 
No, never alone. For he has promised never to leave me alone. He promised, and folks, he's kept that promise for me. 18 years. You know, and, and I think I've had it rough. I, I go back and read Job. <laughs> what poor Job went through and stayed faithful to the Lord through all that. I don't know if I could handle that day. But, you know, God knows what you can handle and what you can't handle. And let me tell you something. Because my son, I lost my son. I've been able to help people. They've lost their sons and daughters. Because I know what they're going through. And maybe some of you here today have lost a good friend, close friend, a child, whatever. But God has promised never to leave you. Amen. Never to leave you alone. Now, I wouldn't trade not having my son to be able to minister to people that I have. But I want to tell you something. I can minister to people that you can if you never lost a child. And you can minister to people who've lost a child if you... If they've, if they've lost a child and you've lost a child. And you can minister to people some of the tough things you've been going through. Right? You've been going through financial difficulty and you don't know where your next penny's coming from and then you have a financial reversal or something. You can minister to people who are still going through it. How about a wayward child? How about a child that's on drugs? If you had a child that's on drugs, you can minister to people that have children that are on drugs. Maybe you're here today and your husband's left you or you've left your husband. You can minister to people who left their husband or husbands that left them. <laughs> the devil don't like me saying what I'm saying. I'm going to tell you right now. He doesn't like what I'm saying. But everything you've been through is for a reason. If God says, I can do all things through Christ with trust in me, because Christ is in me. And if I hadn't went through the things I've went through, People watch me closer than they ever did before. You ever notice that? Well, if you're a Christian, you're having difficulties with anything. People say, I wonder what Denny's going to do now. Let's see. Let's watch Denny and see what he's going to do now. And Satan got totally upset with me because I got excited about being able to help people. No, I wouldn't trade that for not having my son gun. I'm just being honest. But that's that old nature coming out in me. This is the confidence of his promise. So it's omnipotent answers to me. I will never leave thee. No, never leave thee alone. Can you say that? Next time you have a problem and Satan's attacking you and he comes to your heart's door, knocks on it, you know what you need to do? Tell Jesus to go answer the door. Right? And if Jesus answers the door, he'll handle the devil because he can handle him a lot better than you can. There's a contentment of his provision. There's a companionship of his presence. I will never leave thee. There is confidence of his promise. I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Then you have the comfort of his protection. Put it down big, plain, and straight. You can be in this year with this kind of a promise coming up in this year. You can have the contentment. You can have the companionship, the confidence. Then you must have the comfort because... It says, so that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I'll put it together. Verse 5 says, he has said that we may boldly say. Are you boldly saying that? God is my helper. I will not fear what 2024 will bring to me or what people will do to me. 
Jehovah is my helper. I will not fear what men shall do unto me. You find your contentment in Christ. You find your companionship in Christ. You'll find your confidence in Christ. And then you'll find your comfort in Christ. That we may boldly say, the Lord is my help. I don't know what people do without Christ. I really don't. The things I've been through, if I hadn't had Christ, I probably would have committed suicide. I'd have felt like it anyway. I don't understand how people can make it through this world in which we live today with all the wars that are going on and people hating people and, you know, and, and the attack against all these different nationalities and attacks against Israel. And the, my Bible says, I'll bless them to bless you and curse them to curse you is what my Bible says. And I think the only reason America is doing as well as she is, she's not allowed Israel. You might not like that. It may be a political statement, but that's true. It's true. You love the things that Jesus loves. He loves every living soul that ever walked the face of this earth. He died for them. And he wants to save them. And he will use you this year, if you let him, be the witness and testimony that Christ wants you to be. Do you know Jesus Christ today? If you're here, you really know him. Do you know the omniscient, omnipotent, and omnipresent God? Do you know him? I feel sorry for you if you don't, but today you can know him. Wouldn't it be a great day if you don't know Christ as your Savior? And today would be the day that you accept him as your Savior, that you can face this new year without fear? Isn't that an invitation that you cannot refuse? You know, you're not here by happenstance. You're here by divine design. I always pray to God, son, just the people he wants to be here that I need to praise his message to. And I would be less than Christ in me if I didn't tell you. I love you enough to tell you. I don't want you to go to hell. You can say, Pastor, I, I'm going to choose another day. Today's not the day. My Bible says today's the day of salvation. Today is a day you need to make that decision. And what a wonderful time to make it. The beginning of 2024. Going into this year without fear, knowing Christ as your Savior. You say, well, I'm not going to do it. You know, you can, you can choose not to accept Christ as your Savior if you're here today. You've got to walk down in front of all these scary-looking people. I've got to look at them. You might as well come down and look at them. But you know what? You can't choose the consequence of your choice. You may not make it till tomorrow. You may not see 2024. You may die tonight. And if you die without Christ, the worst thing is going to be for you is to wake up in hell knowing you could have missed it. Isn't that true? My prayer is that you, here today, first of all, the invitation is for those who don't know Christ as their Savior. Next invitation is, why don't you come and pray, God, to give you the strength and courage and the desire to witness and testify for him this year, the beginning of this year. You can come pray and ask Christ to give you the strength. He'll do it. You say, I don't know about them people are scary. Listen, Jesus died on a cross naked for you. And you can't come in front of a few people and say, I want Christ to be my source of joy this year 
I want to be the testimony that I should be. Lord, please help me. That's the two invitations I think are most important for this new year. You come as God will lead. We're going to sing an invitation hymn. And we'll, if you never accepted Christ, we can pray the sinner's prayer and you accept you right where you are. We're going to have the invitation hymn now. Page 145. Burdens are lifted. Father, we just thank you once again to be in your house this morning. We thank you that, you that your promises are yes and amen. We thank you that you will never leave us or forsake us. 
And we thank you that you are our rock. And we thank you that the anchor holds no matter how bad the storm gets. Father God, right now I just pray up. I pray over 2024. Your will be done. I pray that you come quickly, Lord. Uh, nothing would be better than to have dinner with you tonight. So, Lord Jesus, I just pray your blessings over 2024. We just give the year to you. Help us uh, Help us lead more people to you, Lord God. Help us be a light in someone's life. Help us share your love. Give us the boldness that we require, Lord. Help us hear you plainly. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Remember that one thing I said. He has said that we may boldly say. I want you to say that prayer tonight. That he will never leave you nor forsake you. And that's what I wanted to get across today. When things kick you this year and things you don't understand, remember... He's your helper. And he said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you so that you can boldly say, I will not fear what 2024 will do to me. Amen? That's all for today. I hope this has made a positive impact in your relationship with Jesus. If you've never accepted Christ as your Savior and you'd like to know how, give one of our pastors a call at 301-724-5876. We would love nothing more than to share the good news with you. If you've never joined us in person, we have services multiple times throughout the week that we would love to see you at. They are Sunday morning Bible study at 9.15 a.m., Sunday morning service at 10.30 a.m., Sunday evening service at 6.30 p.m. and Wednesdays at 6.30 p.m. We also have opportunities for our students to gather. The youth group for grades 6 through 12 meets at 6 o'clock p.m. on Sundays, and our WANA program for 6th grade and under meets at 6.15 p.m. on Wednesdays. Again, we thank you for joining us today, and we hope to see you soon. But until next time, stay faithful.